0: On this episode of Resi Week, we round up ISE 2023. We talk about Origin and Netgear and HD Anywhere. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This, this. This. This is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Week, episode 366, What's the D-Mark? Welcome to this episode of Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my closest friends. First, we have Mr. Jeremy Glowacki. He's the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How you doing, Jeremy?
1: You know, I'm hanging in there, Matt. I picked up a a little sniffle while uh, on the road last week for work. Um, getting Texas, getting back out there in the world. Yeah, it's either <laughs> it's either the uh, ice storm in Texas in Austin specifically, or just probably more about being unmasked on a flight because I just yeah, I can't here. do it anymore. You know.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Then we've got my good friend Mr. Mitchell Tulin. He's our producer here at Aviation TV. How you doing, Mitch? I'm doing good, and I am
2: surprisingly okay considering that i also did some flight uh stuff and relatively unscathed i'd say especially compared to some other horror stories just coming out of our own (laughs) a lot of delays um i believe our one of our presenters toby got stuck in paris which sounds kind of nice on paper but
0: you know (laughs) not in the paris airport it done not really
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's like that guy in that movie that uh, tom hanks played um yeah <laughs> oh, i love that movie it's just there forever now
0: pretty much he's never living all right ladies and gentlemen we are going to kick off today's sh- show talking about ISE 2023 uh you can go to tv to take a look at this article which is a roundup of all the stuff that we covered at the show um it was touted i, I believe mike blackman touted it as the most successful and largest attendance i could be Slightly incorrect on that, but I believe that's what I saw uh of i s e events in the uh past i guess um but again all the all the footage I saw out of it all of the social media out of it looked like it was a fantastic show with a lot of cool stuff Mitch I'm gonna start with you because uh, out of the three of us you were the one that was there. what did you see what did you hear about what was the what was the vibe um was this not my understanding from social was that this was essentially trade shows back to normal. Was that accurate?
2: Yeah, uh, I would say so. Um, I did not have the fortune to go to Barcelona in 2021 or 2022. I don't know what year it is anymore. Uh, Eight months prior. And I do, I'm sad about that because it was May and Barcelona and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But back then the question was kind of, it was not, we're back. It was, Like with a question mark, we're back. Uh So we weren't quite there. Eight months later, Barcelona 2023. I would say that that's an exclamation point now. We are back. Um, Day one was really good. Day two was ridiculous. Like it was jam-packed, just waves of people trying to get in nonstop. Um, And day three was also pretty good. By four, it subsided a little bit. Um, I know that royalty showed up at some point. Uh,
0: the the King of Spain was there.
2: No Moxie Fruvis though. Um, that's a terrible, if if you get that reference, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't, I usually as a producer live vicariously through our, our show crew. Um, and they did a wonderful stuff on the floor. And like Matt said, you can check out all our stuff on our YouTube and on our site. Um, but I did actually get some time to go at least talk around Hall 2. Um, Leon Speakers had some wonderful-looking um, stage stuff. I wasn't able to actually hear it, which is kind of the thing you want to do, but it looked very nice. I was able to go to the Cedia booth, try to look for Joe Whitaker, but he was busy with some sort of Netgear thing. I'm sure that's not important. Um, I It's not residential. I definitely don't recommend it, but um, HyperVision, had a very uh, interesting booth. They have the guys behind. They do revolutionary 3D holographic uh, stuff, and I put revolutionary in quotes because it's literally a fan that spins. So I wouldn't suggest putting that in the home. I believe Mm -hmm. our PA for the ground crew, Danny, said that it was like 90 decibels uh, in that stand just from the sound and the fans and the music. Um, But it looked great. It looked great on, on, on video and it, it just was a very cool thing. Um,
0: but yeah, it was, it was a really good show. I think Jeremy, I, I followed it fairly well, I think online. Um, and I, I'll echo, uh, I believe it was Danto who kind of postured that the majority of what he saw coming out of the show was photos of AV Tweeps together, which again, makes everybody smile. Um, a lot of food f- photos, photos of people before the show touring Spain a little bit, you know, all those normal things. There wasn't as much tech being posted. The couple of things that I saw that that stood out to me, uh, again, very little from the residential space. Um, there was a couple, uh, Obviously there was the origin announcement, which we'll get to in a second. Um, There was an HD anywhere announcement. There was a couple other announcements that kind of broke through the noise, but really probably the only big one that I saw that was got some traction was a Crestron um, multi-camera automated uh, conference room thing, um, which again has no bearing in the residential space. How hard is it to follow these shows when there's not massive announcements necessarily? And my apologies if I missed your massive announcement.
1: Yeah, I think the media part of it is interesting because uh, I get contacted by the our friends in, in the public relations space who are attending uh, ISC. And they have to be there because their clients are there and they're there for the um international media that's going to be attending, but they're courteous enough to ask their U.S. press, are you planning to travel? And I've only done one ISC show in Amsterdam many years back, just to sort of see what was I missing. And the feeling that I got from it was that it was at that time, of course, well before COVID, before supply chain issues, it was a a repeat of what i had already seen at cedia expo um maybe ces back then not so much today probably uh and then infocom as well when everything was on its rhythm of when they were coming out now mm-hmm. it was a com- combination obviously of an infocom and, an, and a CEDIA expo in one hall which was kind of interesting but for someone who is covering the residential side the commercial stuff is just a little bit of a distraction it's it's a little bit more of like overwhelming the senses of this large facility and multi-halls getting through things that you don't need to see to get to the stuff you do need to see. And when you get there, it's stuff you'd already seen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) now it's, it's stuff that, um, once in a while a company, uh, and I remember in those early days um, control Four, well before the snap purchase was, um, using isc as an introduction platform you know they were gearing their uh, their product cycles around isc um, i don't know how much that happens now because just things are out of whack people are companies are trying to introduce products when they can do it um mm-hmm. a, a company like crestron we know that trials and tribulations there with with chip shortages and things um so i think you're just trying to get something new there that is within the last six months maybe. And I think that's why for the news cycle, we don't really see a lot of big announcements. It's more of things that probably are kind of, we're just happy to have current products that are shipping actually mm-hmm. in the, in the stands as they call them, not booths. Um, but, uh, a couple of partnerships here and there. I think that, uh, You do see just people happy to be together. And that's part of what these events are. It's about the human connection. We've been communicating through video conference for so many years, a couple of years now. And the the folks that are able to travel and be there in person, um, they're happy to celebrate that more than a picture of another piece of gear that, you know, maybe not that new to them. So I think that's what you're seeing.
2: I'll say that those big announcements probably were just, we have stock. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I had a lot of those were just, we have to, and I feel a little bad for Crestron. They got battered on social media and the thing, maybe rightfully so, because they were the ones to say, hey, we, you know, don't have stuff. But a lot of people found solutions around. They went and said, you know, we have this thing or we're putting firmware out. I know Hall Technologies were talking about, and Atlona were talking about firmware updates and saying, if you have the product, we will add it onto this. Mm-hmm. Um, and jumping in so that was definitely that thing and i also agree that a lot of big social stuff i mean i got to meet amanda wildman um she got to say you're not just a person in a box and I, <laughs> I know right um didn't see katie i know that i saw her a lot on presence on on uh, social media but i there was always more people to see but i got to see a lot of people that i haven't in a while and that that is part of that thing i'm just yeah. so happy to know that there
0: are Real people out there. <laughs> Real humans on the other side of the screen. All right. Speaking of partnerships, one of the big announcements that came out was Origin Acoustics has a new strategic partnership with Netgear. Uh, very long and short. Again, go read the article, residentialsystems.com. systems.com. Um, what is going on is a line of switches and access points are going to be am- available through Origin Acoustics uh, for their dealers. And it will offer free pro Wi Fi and pro wired design services. Uh, for staff provided by Netgear. Um, so again, if you're doing Netgear networks, uh, you can work with your origin partners and get those systems not only designed, uh, but configured, et cetera, uh, as well as a bunch of other cool things happening with that. Jeremy, let me come back to you on, on that. We continue to see origin specifically. Uh, they've been making a lot of news this year with their partnerships, but we're seeing more and more companies partner with networking companies to offer, uh, essentially, for lack of a better term, turnkey solutions for dealers. Um, are we to the saturation point with with networking, where every vendor has a partner in networking who you can get your systems designed through?
1: I, yeah, I don't know if we are so much as just, I think that certain companies like Origin specifically are looking for um, the, uh, sort of recommend, recommended best options to work with and that, you know, honestly with network, uh, gear and, and speakers, not always sure how that necessarily ties together. Exactly. Like I know when you have certain amplifiers that are designed with very specific, um, attributes for a loudspeaker. That kind of partnership makes a lot of sense in in the mm-hmm. audio side of things. Um, I don't think we're talking addressable speakers here necessarily, but I think what Origin's really trying to do is find preferred product partners that they can recommend. And you saw a lot of this at CEDIA Expo, where mm-hmm. these are the companies that they, uh, they 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 will help to get to their dealer partners, distributed to them acting out as a distributor just about um, because they know these are these are products that will work effectively and integrated systems and i think nick berry and his team there are really um, focused on this not just rebadging and creating products and calling them origin but finding trusted partners that are essential and the network is essential for any integrated system, as you know, very well yourself. And I don't know how many are doing something specifically like this. I think that you've got a snap one that obviously has its own network products within its lineup. Um, and I wouldn't say there are a lot of audio companies, speaker companies that that's origins, core technology, obviously, uh, doing something exactly like this, but for those companies that may just don't, may not have a network partner. But they're a big time speaker integrator. This helps them get their hands on the right quality network products.
0: Mitch, is this uh, we we keep seeing this we keep seeing big players add continual partnerships with other players um, to broaden their offering is this is this coming down to the simplicity of just being able to, because because I know like you read all these stories heck, half the time before I see them. Um, is this just coming down to the combination of what Jeremy said of, hey, these are companies that we trust. You trust us, so you should trust them. Um, how much of it is also the simplicity of, hey, you're placing speaker orders. Now you can also place your suborder. You can, you know, you can get your Velodyne. You can also place your Netgear order. You can do everything on one PO and just work directly with us on it.
2: Yeah. I think that simplicity um, is part of the thing. I think also the just Netgear has a proliferation. I don't know if that's the word I'm using correctly, but yeah, one of the things, we talked to John Henkel uh, in their stand um, and he was saying that there's just, there's a lot of companies that were out there with Netgear stuff just on display. It wasn't like they were a full partnership. It was just that that's what we're using for their network stuff.
0: So in a way that it doesn't surprise me that, that this is a good deal. It's really interesting to me because um, I've followed Netgear for years and it's kind of, I, I, their rise in AV has been phenomenal because they went from, and again, this is not putting them down at all, but they went from being just another network company to the preferred Manufacturer across the board pretty quickly, like they've done a phenomenal job with that, and that's Emmy award-winning John Hinkle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I can't. You can't go (laughs) mentioning that without that. I want to say it was either last ISC or the last Infocom where they added the AV part to it, Mm -hmm. um, and said, "Hey, we are committed to AV um, specific." Yeah. And I think it it's showing.
1: Yeah, and the channel specifically the cedia channel like they really recognize here's a company with a big name in on the networking side saying that we really want to cater to the to the integrator you know the cedia integrator um yeah. and i'm glad you mentioned john hankle because i i did have a briefing with him emmy award-winning
0: per- john Henkel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned the award-winning john Henkel Han- because i I did had a briefing with him late last year and it's one of those ones that just kinda got buried in my brain from the holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was the big message really from them is how much their products were 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 really they're trying to cater to the to the custom integrator. And yeah. uh and and in Origin's all about the custom integrator. So they're that's probably why they said this is a company we wanna endorse manager. and partner with. Yeah.
0: All right, let's change topics a little bit. Uh, we're still in the ISE vein. Residential tech today. Uh, this is from from Jeremy. Jeremy wrote this. Uh, HD Anywhere is launching the U Control remote at is at the ISE show. Uh, if you if you don't know HD Anywhere, it's the brand name for HD Connectivity, um, which is a, a, essentially a unified control system uh, distributed through the U.S. through Apex. Um, read through this. It, it's an interesting read, and when you Dig into the HD Anywhere uh, product offering across the board. Again, it, it's a very interesting mix of what they're doing. Um, everything from distribute or essentially a, a ton of distributed AV, and they've added the control side. Mitch, let me let me start with you on this one. Um, I'm a little surprised, and again, I have no experience with this product. I haven't I, I've seen it before, but I haven't uh, dug into it too much. Um, I'm a little surprised that they're going all in on the remote aspect as we, we keep seeing a trend away from centralized control and from centralized remote systems. You you saw this at the show a little bit. What is the, what is the push with this? Were you surprised to see another remote company coming in kind of for the mid market? To be honest, yeah. Um, Rich got to sit down with them
2: in our studio um, and talk to uh, Chris Pinder, who I believe is the founder. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had it, the remote. Not like we could do any demonstration on it, but it was a very clean looking uh, piece of technology. And we even, they didn't dance around it. They went, hey, Harmony happened. They kind of went down last year. Um, But they saw that more of an opportunity. Um, And instead, that is the there's a vacuum there for uh, for a smart remote for uh, something to control, you know, media, lights, shading and all that fun stuff. Um, Although I am a little worried because there kind of is a reason that Harmony went uh, shut down is because we're not seeing the need for that universal reward anymore. It's a lot more um, sometimes app based, although people aren't quite big on that. Um, but otherwise, other control systems are being used in in the home. So um, I I do kind of wish them the best of luck. It looks sleek. It's a nice, good mid market thing um, for a smart home system. Um, but I, I'm curious in an almost macabre way to say see where it goes. Um, I hope I wish them the best,
0: <laughs> Jeremy. When when you follow this, because that was kind of my take too was on one hand, it looks like a like when you look at their video distribution system, nothing about that necessarily says middle market to me. Mm-hmm. Um but then when you see the remote, that's Mitchell's take was kind of my take was that I I have a hard time seeing this being sold up against the crestron, the control fours of the world when it comes to that upper middle-class, beyond middle-class, um, project. Wh- where does this fit?
1: Yeah. So I think that the handheld remote really only needs to be used in front of a television or a projector. Like it, it it's not something you walk around and, uh, adjust your music. If you've got a whole house system, uh, other media, um, your shades, your lighting through a handheld remote. That's just, in my experience, not the way you use one. It's really to change channels, turn on the TV. Uh, and with smart uh, TVs, to use a aging term at this point, but really a smart TV that has its own solid remote. Um, if you do want to use an external streamer, um, the Apple TV remote is really good and it's really just about turning the tv on and off um you and i spoke earlier it's Mm -hmm. if you have an av receiver you kind of need something to tie it all together so that's where you would need the quote unquote universal remote um to program it all so it's everything syncs up turns on at the same time turns off at the same time doesn't get out of sync um and and that's where you would want something a little more sophisticated like this um it it's probably just for that application, I guess. But they don't really talk about AV receivers here. It seems like most of the time you wouldn't need a handheld remote that wasn't the one that came with your television or your streamer. So um, I do think it's a it's a puzzling uh, situation here. But yet, Snap One is coming out with their new Control Four remotes that are much needed if you're in a situation like I'm in with that AV receiver, um, and the, the, the remotes that they've had, um, have been out for a long time. And the ones that they acquired maybe didn't work as well, the Neo. And so it's time to update that technology and make it look like a current day, um, piece. So, um, again, that's a more complicated setup. A lot of times you're not going to need that handheld remote. You do need a good app. You need some, maybe a touchscreen of some sort, to be able to change your lighting, to change your, uh, music, uh, source and volume and that type of thing. But, uh, it, it, seems like this is, this is one of those control competitor type products coming into the market with, uh, Apex folks. They're basically importers of European brands, and they've found one that's maybe had its foothold there in Europe that we haven't really seen much in the U S yet. So. Um, remains to be seen if any dealers really um, find a, a need for the, this technology, but it sounds like they've, you know, they've got a good importer in the Apex Group because mm-hmm. they they really know what they're doing when they f- they find brands to work with.
0: How much of it is just the the demark between you've got a TV on a wall, whether you have a receiver or not, but you have a, a TV on the wall with local sources versus. Iraq. we had we had mark feinberg on a couple of weeks ago and that was kind of his his take on things was if you've got if you're only using local sources mm-hmm. you don't need a i don't want to say you don't need a control system but you don't need a control system yeah <laughs> whereas if you're doing centralized distributed av right and specifically the V aspect of that, if you're doing distributed video, you need a control system. And that's kind of the D mark. do you, Is that what you see going forward?
1: Yeah, I would think that's that's a good, good way to explain it. And, uh, you know, on the high end, and that's where you said what has this, you know, an entry, not entry level, but mainstream remote versus a more high end kind of control system. And that's why it's confusing, because you do think that you're gonna have that distributed system at a higher price point at a you know more affluent consumer level because most people aren't going to pay for that rack of equipment mm-hmm. hidden away somewhere distributed around the house um, you're on the average homeowner side. Uh, but obviously that's a bit of the bread and butter of the custom integration channel client base. That's how, how you do it and it's a huge home and they don't want any local stuff showing up underneath the tv you know nobody wants a tv stand in a fancy family space they basically want a floating screen that magically Mm -hmm. has content on it so um
0: and when not they want it to be a picture
1: yeah yeah make it look like paintings
0: yep all right gentlemen let's wrap it up there thank you both for joining us jeremy if people want to connect with you learn more about residential tech today, or catch the latest episode of your podcast, where can they do that?
1: Yeah. Start at their website, restechtoday.com. And uh, please subscribe to the the newsletter, the magazine. Um, we, we still do print um, four times a year now, but uh, daily post on the website. And of course the podcast, thanks for mentioning that. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, we usually have live content once a week, interview uh, folks on that. And you can, you can find it on the website as well. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for coming Mitchell. Of course. Thank you for being here. If people want to connect with you, learn more about TV. Where can they do that?
2: Yeah. I'm going to take a page from Tim and say, don't follow me on the Twitters just because I don't, this Twitter. is the, the last week was the most that I've probably tweeted just uh, about ISE. And it will be until Infocom. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the, the thing was there was that we needed to beat Joe way. Um, in the metrics Always. thing, ISE had a lovely thing that was uh, to show off, and yeah, we just we just needed to beat him. Uh, no, instead, go to aviation.tv, um, our suite of shows and coverage of shows like ISE um, that uh, we're still pumping out content for, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll have infocom later, and uh, as well as our other shows, State of Control, AV Week, Resi Week. Um, we are relaunching the Women in AV podcast uh, this week with women as the hosts. It's a novel concept. Yeah.
0: Um, so check all that and more, avianation.tv. I love it. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avianation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover.